Anyway, right, guys, let's get started. So welcome to BH Live episode seven. Uh, BH Live is a series I've created that's all about interviewing some of the most creative people in the industry and just getting their thoughts on whatever's going on in the world and whatever's happening right now. Just so you know, this also turns into a podcast and a YouTube series and will eventually be on IGTV. So you guys can check it out there afterwards. So this week, I'm super excited to be interviewing Sam Cassidy. Now, Sam Cassidy is relatively new on the musical theatre scene, but in only a few years, he has caused quite a stir. Some of you may have heard of his show 27 that later became Myth. Supporters of his work include Arlene Phillips, Trevor Nunn and even Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's currently working on multiple projects, collaborating with some exciting people. He's also a singer and actor and generally a really lovely and busy guy. So I'm going to bring him on and ask him loads of questions. Right. Sam, welcome. How are you doing, buddy? Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. You're clear and everything now, so there must have been just a dodgy connection or something. No worries. No. So I'm a bit uh, messy anyway. Just... Isn't, isn't that your look? Dude, I'm in a whatever they call these. <laughs> How are you holding up in lockdown? I'm all right, actually. Things are, um, things are okay for me. Let me just put this here. Sorry, this is mental. Things are never easy. <laughs> no, never. But they're fun, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're getting clearer as the call goes, so that's good. Okay. Well, we, uh, he, I literally just got a message from one of my female friends going, oh, he is so cute. So you're obviously a fan with the ladies out there. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> right, so before we start, this is a, a question I think I'm going to ask everyone now, and I posted it to you for the first time, is see if you can tell us your life story in four minutes. <sighs> four minutes. Um... Going to time you. Yep, okay, four minutes. Uh, life story very quickly. I... Um... I come from a family, a big family, uh, mum, dad, four boys. So I've got three brothers. Um, all of us were in the industry. My mum was in Hot Gossip and the original Starlight Express. My dad was an actor and writer. My brother Jack is a actor, writer in Hollywood. We're married to uh, the actress Marlon Ackerman. Harvey is okay. in LA. Finn is a, was a model for years and now he's just a jet setter doing, I don't know what he does. He's Amazing. So it's in our blood. This is what we do. Um, this is all I've ever done is the arts. Um, I'm very right minded. Left mind is completely rubbish. Just <laughs> there. just doesn't work. Back season. I'm like, oh, God. But, um, nope. Yeah, that's this is my life. This is very much my life. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy that. This is my life. The arts. I'm very passionate about it in general um, as a job and a way of life, which I'm sure you can agree with. It's not. Mm. We do this stuff for free. Uh, a lot. We, we, we would, do you know what I mean? It's like you get paid for not, you don't get paid for the acting, mm. they're not acting, they're not, yeah. writing, they're not working all the time in between. That's what, that's what we do. Yeah. So that's in my entire life. And I have no uh, qualms and no shame in saying that I, I dedicate my life to this, you know, yeah. many falling apart because of this, because of this. Is Relationships just go all over the place, right? Don't they just, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I haven't had a girlfriend who hasn't ever gone like that. Sometimes you're here and sometimes you're just not, which is most of the time. You're, you're in your own head. You're not there at all. Oh, all too familiar. All too familiar. <laughs> my, my new girlfriend's quite wonderful doing that. She goes, as long as you can just let me know that you're not just ignoring me, yeah. you're, actually, you're having a conversation, but with imaginary characters in your head. I went, that's it. Yeah. I've got this new saying that I say, I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole. Just, yeah, I'll, I'll appear at some point. Just, yeah, I'll, I'll be around. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. Oh you've still got two minutes left what else happened in your life <laughs> it can't be that sure i fought in vietnam and stuff no i didn't um yeah uh, the rest of my life but yes yeah, so then i um i just went to drama school i trained as an actor i went to mount view but um 
fell into acting more and I say fell into because I, I got uh, I did a few musicals but then I got a film and stuff and carried on doing that but I still love musical theatre very much mm. it's a big part of me however I love rock and roll that's my thing I love rock music and I yeah. I love serious um, themes and stuff so I thought you know I want to start writing things for people like me who might be into who are less inclined to go to you know happy clappy fits happy, yeah. you know, things but more okay this is edge this is great because I believe musical theatre is such a big um, it appeals to such a larger audience and yet mm. it be frowned upon as an art form as being, you know, all lovey-dovey. I'm like, well, no, that's not true. I was like, go see a Sondheim show and you're, you know, yes, and all the music and the themes are strong, and, you know. Mm. Uh, Les Mis, you know, was very dark for its time and I just yep. thought I went down that route as writing and yep. thus, and I got lucky and, you know, that's the one, I'll say that more than anything else. Luck, yeah. There's a lot of hard work but it doesn't matter yes. if you work your balls off luck plays a massive part always. always you can work your tits off but then suddenly the actual break comes from a lucky moment yeah. every time some brilliant unbelievable people out there just never got a break just never got lucky it yeah. doesn't mean it's phenomenal they just didn't get that break it happened but yeah so, so charlotte's just put underneath save the arts hashtag oh god save the arts well, yeah. i'm sure we're going to talk about that at some point today, yes but we are my mind in that whole thing is quite you know, I find rhythm in the chaos. I, I really, mm. You're going to ask about it, so I'll wait till you get there. I'll yeah, just... we'll get there. Let's go straight to the next one, because I know you'll want to talk about this. So I was lucky enough to see both 27 and Myth, which I know it's the same show, but the two versions of it, the original version and then the yeah. ad adapted version. Uh, where did the idea originally come from, and what inspired you to turn it into a musical? Um, the original idea was because I, um, I'm a massive nerd into mythology. Um, yeah. Greek, ancient Mesopotamian, ancient Nordic, all this stuff. I, because all of our stories come from there. That's when I started writing originally, I was so excited to read Christopher Booker's Seven Basic Plots and realize, you know, going through all the stories of Gilgamesh and all the ancient stories of Hercules, the Actian Hounds, all this stuff, they all fit perfectly into our favorite films and stories now. You know, myth, that's yep. where it is. You know yep. what I mean? I mean, people, everyone I'm sure knows that, you know, you watch The Lion King, you're basically watching Hamlet, you know. <laughs> but, you know, what people don't know is you're watching Matilda, you're watching Hercules. You know, that is yeah. the original story of, you know, it's, it's sent out to do the seven quests. That's what you said. Great power, great strength, you know, comes from someone but having to conquer, to defeat a giant. These are the same stories. Mm. They get told over and over, just different characters and stuff. And for me, there was the story of Orpheus in the underworld, which was, I, I just went, why is this not being told on the back of the likes of uh, you know, Amy Winehouse had, mm. had died recently before that. And of course there was, you know, she's part of the 27 club. Kurt Cobain, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, yep. Jimi Hendrix. And what really struck me about all these stories is how, you know, their lives, their shoot to fame was also similar as well. It was all mm. what happened to them. It was just the whole world, you know, watched them falling apart in front of their eyes. And yet no one was there at the moment they died. They all died alone. Yep. And I wanted to know what they went through, not in a morbid way. I wanted mm. to know what they felt in those finals, how they went, how it was the feeling of giving up or whatever. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I know a lot of it was accidents, but take it from somebody who knows a lot about addiction. Trust me, it's when you're mm. at that lowest ebb, yeah. you know, it's a, a way out is greeted. You know, you're going, well, yeah. you're not consciously doing it, but you're going whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was then I looked at the story of Orpheus. Orpheus, it, at the same Orpheus in the underworld, he was very much in love he was basically the original rock star in ancient Greece. You know, he went mm. around playing his beer and he had the voice that could, you know, calm wild beasts and gods and kings adored him. 
So much so that the uh, Hera, of course, is always here, the wife of Zeus, was furious and jealous. His girlfriend and love of his life, uh, Eurydice. So he sent a viper to bite her and kill her, and she went to the underworld. And he couldn't live without her. He was heartbroken. So he, being a rock star, and rock stars can get whatever they want, he sung his way into the underworld. He went into the underworld and went to Hades to give her back to me. And Hades, mm. big fan of Orpheus, you know, said, love your work up there. Said, um, you can have her back, but, you know, you have to trust me. So you walk out of here. She's going to be right behind you. Um, but if you, you know, don't trust me, uh, if you if you turn around and see if she, you know, to see, make sure she's there, I'll take her back. You know, you just have to believe me. Yeah. Uh, that's the that's the PG version. There is a much darker version. <laughs> filled, obviously, filled with rape and things and you, stuff. You don't there. have to be PG on this podcast. They're swearing uh, and all sorts of stuff. All stories that have been retold. If you go back, all the, I mean, you ever read Hansel and Gretel yeah. or went old fairy tales? The original ones, oh, so dark. But yeah, all the original stuff is great. <laughs> Came out of the underworld and he, um, he turned around too soon. And she got taken back. He couldn't bear to live. He'd lost his reason for living and he ended up getting torn apart by the women of Thrace. Um, they put his head on a shield, you know, because if no, if they couldn't have his voice and have him, no one could. And I just went, that is a very visceral, you know, metaphor for rock stars today. They get torn apart by the media, the people, when they're so hurting, when they're so in pain. There's more pain. How much can we draw? And then eventually they, 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 it, they consume, it consumes them. So I thought a modern telling of Orpheus in this world would be perfect, would be such a good thing. Um, so I told it though, and I told <laughs> it in 27, it was yeah. 20, and it was about a drug addict and, uh, and all this stuff and the music was rocky and it, it really didn't pull any punches and people, it went down really well. I was very lucky. I got a, mm. a, a wonderful uh, guy called Mark Shaw to start a company around me for my work to invest in this. So we got a six-week run with an amazing cast like Jodie Jacobs, Cassie Compton we had in it. Greg Oliver was my original person. We had some brilliant people, but um, it got interest from producers. And of course, naturally, the one producer who uh, I really wanted to go with, I, you're going to know her name anyway, but she was she asked me to sort of change it, to change it around to make it more uh, palatable for, for yeah. children, for stuff like that, and uh, families. And it was very hard to do that. So as yeah. I was working, I couldn't work on it quick enough. I couldn't get the changes in. And she chose mm. another musical between mine and another one, which my friend had written, called Everyone's Talking About Jamie. And that one went on, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. We all know that uh, one, yeah. Obviously, that was a wonderful show, done brilliantly. And that went on. They said, but I wasn't there in time. So then I rewrote it into Myth. Mm. Um, but I actually watched Myth, and I went, oh, oh, it's lost all its heart. It's lost what it's about. So, so I stopped it. So I stopped after that. Really? Said, yeah. I went, it's absolutely not. So this is now going back because I'm, I'm yeah. taking it. I can't do this. I was like, I, I like myth, but I like 27 more. So yeah. I it real and I was like, it has to be this. Even if it's niche, it has to be mm. this way. Um, so yeah, that was the story of that one. Um, well, it's it's funny, you kind of asked my second question. <laughs> so my second question was going to be that, you know, from 27 to myth, it was a dramatic, dramatic change. Like there was huge amount of change. And I was going to ask you what the catalyst was, which you said was a producer was involved, which let's be honest, yeah. the minute money gets involved, it always promotes change. Well, yeah, but I'm glad. Even, it wasn't actually even the money, man. It was um, at that point, it was just the, you get to a different point because after 27, mm. all the hype and everything, I went, I remember sitting down going over the show with Andrew Lloyd Webber, sat in his house and he'd go over to his theatre at the other palace. And Arlene, who was my director, was lovely, told me a little story that I just was like, wow, that apparently they, it was her, Trevor Nunn, Andrew Lloyd Webber, all talking before, before that he met me or whatever, saying that I was the next, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda, kind of our country and all this kind of stuff. Right. And that was all based on what I'd done. Um, 
And then I think I sort of started to lose it then because I started to please people, you know, because I, I, I like... Yeah, okay. Like, yep. yeah, I can do anything. I can do anything you want. Just tell me, I'll do it. Tap number, tap number in. Yeah, I can write that in, I can write that. You want to change that? By the end, you know, it was you know, my wonderful... An artist paints a picture of a horse. It'd be mm. there, of course, you put other people's ideas on, you get a camel. It starts yeah. to become... And I started to lose its way. And I went, okay, so... You know, I learned, so right? you, you, you've kind of done a 360 then, come all the way back to the original yeah. story. Yeah. Um, it's funny because actually my, my opinion of it is I prefer 27. Yeah. I think Much everyone, preferred it. Yeah. I think everyone, a lot of people did. And the, I think the one thing that got me the most, which has still hurts me a bit, is when I did 27, I had a lot of people that did a lot of um, interviews with people who were, had addiction problems and stuff. And, yeah. I, and I did. And they, a lot of them came and saw the show and came out in tears, like very much yeah. Then I know that guy. I am that guy. And a lot of women who, the the Cassie Compton's character, the Amy character, you really see in it. Um, she, they could relate to her saying, "I know what it's like to love someone so much that that but I I I stay in a toxic relationship and hope I can change them." On the other side, I got some people slamming. Some people saying, "Goes what a weak woman! How could she be that way?" And I was. Like, <laughs> I was like, how is she, she, her, she loves this person, she'll do anything for them. And she gets swept up in his yeah. world because she loves him. That's not a weak woman. That's, that's an empathetic, wonderful human being. Tried to make her stronger in the next one. And you're like, she wouldn't suck around. <laughs> cold, cold character. How can she not love him? He's, he's in pain. I was like, you know what? You can't win. You can't please you really You're never going to please anyone. But to be honest, if it's creating conversation in any way, you're already onto a winner. So that's what... I remember that was once told to me very early on. He goes, there's only one thing worse than um, people talking about you and your work, and that's people not talking about you and your work. I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> there that's you the go. Worst. There you go. So this is, the next question is quite a funny one. It's from a friend of mine who knew I was interviewing you. I think you know Natalie Gray, don't you? I what do. She's, she's fantastic. What voice? She's incredible. She's asked, well, it might be 27 now, but when will Myth be coming back, and will you be hiring an incredible singer with red curly hat? Ha <laughs> ha. Um, <laughs> Now, of course I would. No need to audition you. I know what you can do. Um, it will be coming back, um, but maybe in a, in a different. A lot of, a lot of good things happened after it as well. One of the main things is uh, there was a little film that came out in America called The Greatest Showman, um, which did wonders for musical films because suddenly yeah. there was in an influx of we want musical movies. Who's got them? Mm. I was like, got one. You know, so it was there. So it was. I was doing a lot of work towards that. But then I had another one called Bloodstones, which I thought was more appealing and it was, I've just been working all this stuff and then I met and then I wrote another one because for a kid who I just that's my mind got carried away for a boy called Ainsley Ricketts um yes. he's, Ainsley's he's, an incredible dancer choreographer yeah and I had an idea of kicking around in my head for a long time and then I, he came and saw the shows but then uh, Emily Kenner one of the girls in the show said you've got to watch his stuff I watched it and I couldn't I actually put everything on the hold to write a show for him because I went, I need to do something with this kid now before, mm. you know, Matthew Bourne steals him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> be a very smart move. You yeah. know, and I, oh, I literally went to and I said, I'm going to write your show. What do you want? What do you, what do you want to do? And we were in the process of that doing this show. And then this whole thing happened. So now we're just, ah. yeah, but I'm trying to think of other ways to make it work because okay, that's what we do as creatives, don't we? We can't really yeah how can we work around it like look at me i'm doing lives every week doing online classes and i've got about 20 million things in the fire ready to go so you just you just work around the problem so i'm 100 we're going to see a video adaptation of something very soon 
hope so. I mean, that's that might have to be what is the next stage. And people say, I know people go, you know, I love live theatre. I love live theatre. You know, I love live theatre. Literally, I, Ainsley's just come on. So. <laughs> Perfect Ainsley's timing. Come, I was just yeah. talking about you. <laughs> yeah, so it's all complimentary, we promise. <laughs> yeah, but it might be the next, that might be the next phase of, of development is crazy enough that people now think, you know, for a long time, it's a show will go on and on stage, cost you mm. a lot of money, but build yeah. up a fan, and then people will beg for a filming of that video, that show. Yeah. It, now I think it's going to go the way. People yeah. are going to film things in spaces, do guerrilla style shows, theatre, put it online, get 20,000 hits, then you can go to an investor and say, I can put this on for, for a short yeah. run here in this theatre, and people will come. They've seen it online, they want it live. Yeah. I think that's, that's going to be the new norm. I just of course, like yeah. Well, this thing I know this is a question we're going to talk about later, but it's going to be a while before the theatres are back. We know that. Um, yeah. I think being being realistic, next year, I think personally, it's going to be next year before the theatres can really properly open. That's if we don't have a second wave and people yeah. stay indoors and so on. I, well, so, I think there's a lot. I mean, I'm sure that's is that is that your question now or is that? No, 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 no. Let me move on to the next question because we will come back to this. I know it's happening. You kind of already answered it. You're very good at moving on to the questions without getting there. <laughs> if you can tell us what are you working on at the moment, especially in lockdown? So what's what's next for you? You know, are you working with any incredible choreographers? You know, ones that wear these crazy head things and well, curly obviously, hair. <laughs> any kind of hair uh, brand? How many times have we got? What have you got? What have you got? Give me something. Busy. <laughs> like have one day free in September two thousand. Yeah, let's and... meet for a beer. <laughs> Point, man. What's the point? Um, but uh, yes, well, obviously, I've, I've got one with Ainsley, which is up in the air. Yeah. But I um, again got very lucky in that I was this wonderful woman who's a writer got in touch with me to help write dialogue for her one of her books. And Amazing. I learned a lot. I've never written a book or a novel. Um, mm. But through the process of writing dialogue, which is write scripts, I've learned how she does it. She's really taught me. And I've sort of dabbled when she told me to write a novel, and I thought I had time. So I've started writing. Bloodstones, one of my musicals, into a novel because I thought yeah. this is going to in mind. But it's it turns out there's going that it's it's working better than doing a musical. So I was like, and I was like, well, there's no money because of course there's money in it. You get paid to write. Again, I was like, what? Sorry, what? Used <laughs> to write this and I didn't get a penny. And I was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll forward you this money and and then you pay that back when you get your advance. I'm like, sorry. I was like, I didn't even earn a penny after 27 during or after. <laughs> I was like. Didn't earn it. I was like, I'm getting paid already just to think about writing it. Think about writing it. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm in the wrong career. When you're, when you're no, sat broke and going, oh, that's cool. But I am writing it. I'm doing it now. And um, with everything that's going on in the world, it's, it's a very apt storyline. Uh, mm. I won't tell the story, but it's very appropriate in many ways. And it's it's a high concept novel. So it's going to stay in a magic cool. world. But yeah. then you can relate to all the shit that's going on, right? So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm on page I was going to. I was going to ask: Is anything you're writing right now relevant to what's going on in the world right now? Because there is I so much going on. Ever anyone writes or does at any time is if you're not holding a mirror to society, what is the point? Do yeah. You know, even you know that is what all art is. Even if you look back at um, you know the '60s when pop art was coming mm. about, the absurdity of the art was a reflection to the absurdity of society. Yes. You know that's it's art always reflects. The, the people um life yeah and if it does you're out of tune and if you're yeah. out of tune you're not going to be you're not current you're not current it doesn't work no. you know um that's the way it is yeah 
Right, take a slightly different slant onto the interview now. Um, oh, secondly, if anyone's watching and wants to ask Sam a question, put it in the question box below and I'll try and fire in the questions if and when they come through. So when you're looking to cast your shows, yep. what are the key things you look for in performers and also what is the biggest turnoff for you? Um, right, casting a show, bearing in mind, and this is a, if anyone's listening, keep, I heard, used to hear this phrase a lot and I didn't believe it until I did it. Um, as an actor, I used to stand up in front of a panel and stuff and, you know, you do audition or whatever and you think people don't mm. care. I swear to God, the people behind the desk want you to be right so we can get it done and get the part. We want mm. that person to walk in more than anything. I didn't realise how true it was until everyone who came in went, this could be it, this could be it. You really yeah. do. I think there's, um, there's a lot to be said and, you know, if anyone's watching this who hates me at the moment for it, there's a lot to be said about casting in our industry. Yeah. Which taken a, a bit of an insidious turn and i'm not afraid to say it because it's a it's a it's a feels slightly mafia run business there is a handful of them mm. of these casting directors out there who are bigger than their bigger than their jobs you know we yeah. know and everyone's got a story and everyone's got a thing and everyone's got that everyone hey, there's a girl out there everyone knows that casting actually slipped into her direct message you know dms and stuff. yeah and, you know, and everyone's got that one casting director who's watched a rant on Facebook about an auditionee who was in there, who everyone can link to who it is. Yeah. I, I find that horrendous, really, in this industry, because when you work with a good caster, I work with the Pearsons. Uh, okay. And they are the kindest, nicest, best casting directors you've ever because they put, mm. they care. They know your name. They know your background. They know everything about you. They're not, you know, embittered by this industry in any way, shape or form. When we're in the room with, um, with people coming in, I made it, I said, I'd rather see less, which can see how to mm. sure that if someone comes in, they're nervous, you say, don't worry, stop. Take five minutes, have a chat, talk, do it, because you get the best out of them. Yeah. With when someone comes in, goes, all you really want them to be is, is, is nice, is, it's, it's not smiling, overtly smiling, but nice, someone approachable, yeah. and um prepared one thing i didn't realize i didn't like is until someone i had one person come in to audition for orpheus and he was a bit of a name in the west end you know and i sent him person i knew him and i sent him the the songs to learn mm. and he had came in and i went and he hadn't learned them and i didn't want to embarrass him in front of the panel and i went hello mate i said so do you want to sing this he goes yeah i don't really know i said well how about this man we have more auditions tomorrow and i said so why don't you go home learn the song and he went, mm. and I went we have more auditions next day and he went that could work like yeah give me two more days and i wanted to be like mate i wanted to be like what are you what like are you stop it you know what i mean learn your material be as good as you can yeah but that, all you have to be is as good as you can it's good yeah. enough if, if, it's, it really breaks my heart when people say oh you know i wasn't i wasn't good enough no if you were brilliant you were brilliant you, mm. you probably just had someone who looked like you you, were, you didn't match the kick line there it's just it's yeah. you did nothing wrong it's an overall thing if you worked yeah. your ass off, did your best, best audition you could, you probably did. Don't go and change what you did because you didn't mm. get the role. Because you might be perfect for some other role. That's, yeah. you know, points. That's all I'd say. Casting, come in, know that you're going to nail it because there's only one you. And you're going to be brilliant. Of course you are. Yeah. You're well, in the room. They always say that the fact you're in the room, you already look right for the part. So you already yeah. tick one. You know, then you've just got to show that you can do the job. As we're making a show, you want to see this person. You've already seen your 
your, your, your face. And just so people let off their agents on the thing, you know, when it comes to, you know, casting people saying, oh, I couldn't get, my agent couldn't get me seen. It's difficult for agents. To, there's hundreds mm. and hundreds of people. And it's very hard for an agent to, if an agent submits 40 clients, none yeah. of them will be seen because nothing has happened. The, the agent has mm. done no work. If an agent says, these are the two right for the part and two of them get it, that casting director phones that agent again because they're helping them yeah. with the job. Yeah. You know, so that's, so always be careful. We always be aware when you say, oh, my agent's rubbish, not getting anything. No, there's nothing. There might be nothing for you right now. Yeah. But trust me. I just keep phoning up and say, just reminding you, I'm, you know, I'm still a five foot, you know, still yeah. a five foot strong girl. If Lolo can do this or whatever, phone up, just reminding yeah. you for the comes. Don't forget me because when yeah. that day comes, you know, it will happen. Do you know, I used to show up to my agents pretty much on a weekly basis with coffees. <laughs> hey guys, have a coffee. Yeah. I, do you know what? It's not, I wouldn't recommend everyone do that. Agents are going to go mad. No. But it is, not, it is not a crime. Don't be afraid to call your agents. Never be, you know, uh, afraid to call your agent, I'd say, because straight away, that's, if that's your relationship, you're in a bad place. Most mm. agents are wonderful, are really, really lovely. My mm. agent, now he's, he's Ryan Holmes at the Foundry. Because um, yeah. I sort of left out of acting and I got him to be like, just keep me in the acting puddle, really. You know, he yeah. does, he's wonderful because he went okay so what would you do i went not this not this not this not this not this because i'm busy doing this this and this he went it's a very specific <laughs> role of stuff and he just got me a, a well we're waiting to hear on it this massive film in america do you know what i mean he's like the one thing you went for and you got it i am yeah. playing a, like jesus and i was like well that's specifically what i asked for typecast all the way if i if i'm not playing someone with you know gold complex issues i don't want to play anyone Sweet. There's a quick question from someone to below from Charlotte saying, besides being nice and preparing well for an audition, what else would you suggest for people do to stand out? Um, stand out in an audition? Uh, let's, let's put it this way. Um, what we learn at drama school is, you know, a lot of the time is the, you know, the standard stand, sing your song, sing it over the top or whatever. Um, and they're a song that they've probably seen a hundred times. You know, so they've seen yeah. a lot do the same version. What they'll be doing then is they will be listening. What, what you're giving us is the opportunity to only listen, to only judge your outfit, to only you know, look at the aesthetics because we've seen nothing different. If you act, if you find a way of acting it, I'm not saying you know, turn a, you know, on my own into a comedy. I'm not saying that, but if you find a connection with your piece, with an acting, learn it, work it, work with other actors, work with other acting coaches, make sure you get it. Look at your panel, let them see your eyes. Some, some panel don't like it, I don't care. Those people who say they don't like it can get over <laughs> themselves. They can absolutely go, I don't like being looked in the eye, get off your fucking high horse. If someone looks me in the eye and there's an earnesty there and they're telling me a story, I don't remember what you're wearing. I don't remember mm. if you cracked. I just remember you made me cry. You broke my heart mm. or you made me laugh. Yeah. The, the one stand out, perform it. Perform it differently. Know why you're saying the words. Before you sing it and make sure you can hit the top note, read the words as a monologue and know why you're saying it. What am I saying? What am I doing? What's made, what, how can I do this right now? That's how you stand out. Everything else is a gimmick. Uh, you know, when yeah. people say red, if you wear red, they'll see maybe in a dance lineup. Absolutely. You know, be, yeah. that's, you know, show off your assets so we can do, but in an audition, in an acting audition, act, act your socks off. Tell me a story. Yeah. That's what everyone wants. I hope so that helped. Create an emotion and be emotive. Yeah. So therefore, to create. You know, I mean, you can do that in, like I was saying with, you know, Ainsley, you know, he picks his dancers. They are, you know, every shape, color, creed, everything, and every single one of them are feelers. 
they feel from Hitai. He works with the same one, just go, oh my God, it's pouring out of them, pouring. Mm. Thank you, good. So, you know, okay. it's... Huh? I'm sorry, I thought you finished. <laughs> I haven't finished yet. <laughs> You're done, good, okay. So you've had an extremely successful career in a very short space of time. If someone was to look into following your footsteps, what advice would you give them? Um, three biggest things I learned. You can be successful and poor. That's a massive thing. You can, you can find yourself in rooms with your icons, heroes, and talking you know, to other artists in the industry and and being in a position that anyone would define as successful, but then still have to go do your bar job at night. Mm. That's, what, that's what I've done. That's one of the things. Don't define material wealth, money, and stuff like that with success in the arts. You're just, yeah. you're going to upset. Not everyone's going to be a yeah. bad pit and make money in Hollywood. If you're doing yeah. it, if your stuff is being seen, you're a successful artist. That's not something, that's a fun thing to say, actually, because that's the state of the industry we're in. It's not like mm. that in in, in a lot of places in the world. It's not like that in, in, in America a lot of the time. You know, I remember watching an interview with Lynn Miranda when he did, you know, when he, he got a, a certain amount of money up front to do in the Heights to then, you know, off Broadway and all that stuff. And I just went, oh, there's that, that money, that, that money's not on the cards for most of us. It's really, really, you know, and there's a lot of things to do with race. Set. I'm in the room a lot of it because and I am, you know, I get into the right place because of, I'm a white, middle-class, well-spoken, educated, all this kind of person. doesn't make... Hello. <laughs> Do you want to say hi to my mum? No. No, you can load Let's bring mum on the call. Between Starlight Express. Hello. You want a hot gossip? You don't have to speak to me. Hello. Hi. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need to walk in. I'm so That's all right. I've warned you! That's where it comes from. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> the yeah, no, I know. I'm, you know, I would be lying if I said I wasn't aware of my, the luck and my privilege of being in this situation. Because mm. a lot of the times, if you come from the wrong places, if you didn't go to the wrong school, if you, you know, if you don't, if your language doesn't come out of your mouth and speak right, you're, you know, you're, they're already saying no. They're already mm. saying no. They've already written you off before they've heard your idea. But you know, that's that's the worst thing. That's got to change. That's it's hard. That's the hardest yeah. thing. You know. And that's a big, big problem in theatre in this country. And I know we try and pretend like it's not, but it is. I cringe when I see, you know, oh, we're doing, yeah, we're going to do, a, you know, a veto, but we're going to do with a whole, you know, ethnic, urban, diverse cast. And I'm like, that's a quick fix. Why don't you not do a veto? Invest that money in right in finding some new voices, some new ideas, and telling a different story. How about that? Mm. Because otherwise, that just looks like a, a, a runner-up prize. You know, it, yeah. it goes quick, quick, quick fix. You should be a veto. How about you Patch do over. something? How about you start doing something better now? You know, and hear different voices so we're all more inspired. So we, the future looks different, and it's not the future isn't just okay. So we we're gonna do this is what we're bringing back now. We're gonna do Joseph again, but crazy thought. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That was very well put. I like that. So if you could go back to your younger self, so let's say, um, I won't ask how old you are, let's say we go back 15 years and you could talk to your younger self, what would you tell him to do differently? Well, I was only four 15 years ago, so... Um... So let's go back 10, eight years. <laughs> uh, 15 years ago. Um, I think one of the one things I would say is, and I think I carry this on a lot, don't get in your own way if you can help it. 
Um, and when I say don't get in your own way, I mean it's different for different people. Uh, there's a lot, you can either have imposter syndrome in this industry, you can either think you're not good enough, you can think you know too much, you can mm. think no one can tell you what to do, you can think you know, you're not worth it and all this stuff. Don't get in your own way. There's enough people going to do that for you and tell you where you're going. Yeah. Be on your own side. You know, my problem wasn't, you know, my problem was, um, let me just close this door, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> my problem was, um, for a long time, was, was I had to, t for when I was younger, I had to be so overtly bigger and out there and say, mm. look what I'm doing, I'm doing, look what I'm doing, because I didn't think, I, I was waiting for someone to catch me out and say, but you don't deserve to be here. You don't yeah. deserve it. When I stopped doing that, when I, when I just went, oh God, this is, this is hard, you know, you know my, ironically, my self-esteem came up and I went, I don't need to prove myself to anyone. I don't need to do that. I'm just here and it's okay and I'm just doing it. I'm on my own. Yeah, I'm, I'm just on my, you know, I'm on my own side. Um, yeah. A lot of people in this industry need to hear that. And a lot of people need to hear it, especially now as well with the uncertainty. Um, yeah. Too easy to compare. It's too easy to compare yourself to people around you. You know, and yep. say, why? Don't do it. Don't do it. That's their path. That's their journey. I know that sounds mad. Yeah. But, you know, when people say, yeah, no, but we're all going for the same path. Yeah, but that's their path. That's their, that is not yours. Very yours different. will come. Stick to it. The only way this ends, the only way your game ends is when you quit and you finish. You know, that's it. The, you know? the only way to fail is to quit. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, and keep going. And people, you know, I've seen so many people who they give up on their if you're an artist if you're first loved you know what i mean if you're first if you want to be a dancer and yeah. that and you spend your whole life dancing but you find yourself getting to the age where you know your body's given up or whatever you have you know don't think well i'm done you're a fountain of knowledge of experience yeah. of understanding i was like this, this you're, you're so it's not like doctors don't do that do operation after operation and their hands get tired and go well that's it now not going to do I'm any more surgery. I'm, I'm going to go home. They, they're a fan of knowledge. They, they teach. They pass it forward. Yeah. You know, this industry, that is so needed and so crucial. See, find another way forward. What can you do? You can create. You can teach. You can do anything with your fountain. People will listen. If it doesn't come from an, an embittered place of going, you know, I didn't, you know, I never made it. But it comes from, I, this was my journey to then push this here, to make this. It's a wonderful thing. I always used to remember at drama school, the, you know, the best teachers I ever had were the ones who were guest teachers who came in, who were yeah. part, of the, still very much part of the journey, still going on. You know, a, a lot of the older ones were a little bit, um, there was a bitterness there and they become addicted to the respect of being a student, of being a teacher. Yeah. And it, you couldn't say any other way. It was, you know, that was their world. Mm. Um, uh, but the, you know, you, when you got these outside choreographers come in, outside teachers, you know, they were, three years away, you were going to be their, their peers, their contemporaries, yeah. you know, they, they were there, you know, but that yeah. was a wonderful, thing. like, how can I help forward? It was good. It's, it's yeah. a living, breathing thing. You are not dead unless you choose to die within this industry. You are useful till the day you die. You know, Gillian Lynn was going years till the end, you know, and you're yeah. still right now, still doing it. Why about not? You know, do what you like. yeah. There's a question quickly come in. I'm going to read it to you from uh, Sylvia. Does Sam have any memories of the Rocky Horror Show and how did you prepare for the role? What was all involved in the terms of getting into character costumes and dance routine? I do remember the Rocky Horror Show. Yeah, I did that for, that was a wonderful time. I did that for a year when I was younger. Um, for me, it was because I walked into the audition. I had long blonde hair, but I was mm. the smallest guy to walk in. Um, by far, everyone was huge because Rocky. Um, yeah. So, I've, again, 
I thought everyone else is going to play like this kind of thing. And I went, how can I do this? Because I was tiny. I wasn't particularly in, in, you know, I was ripped, but thin, thin ripped. So I wasn't yeah. really going to stand out in this audition from everyone who's a big guy. So I played him. Um, like I thought, imagine, what would a golden retriever in a human body be like? So I played the yeah. whole part like that. Uh, never, uh, <laughs> never quite, never with you, you, you know? <laughs> Happy to be here, happy, happy, happy. but uh, never. So I went in there, and they went, I don't know what we just saw there. I remember actually the director saying, I don't know what it was we saw, but whatever we saw, we liked it. And then yeah. I got the job. Then I had three months to get as big as I could, mm. strong as I could to do it, to then carry on playing yeah. this weird, what's he, Gilbert Graves, Arlino DiCaprio part. That's how I did it. Yeah. You know? uh, it was different. So that's how I prepared. But it worked. <laughs> Again, proving my point. Go in. Yeah. Now remember, if you do something, if you speak to them somewhere, make them laugh, yeah. cry, just freak them the fuck out. And like, they'll remember. Like, <laughs> Either way, it works. It works. <laughs> so if yeah. um, obviously you know, and we all know that, especially the MT industry, it's a really hard one to crack. Like I obviously, I'm more in the commercial side of the world. It's a, I'd say it's a little bit easier, but from dipping my toes into the MT industry, or trying to, should I say, it's a really hard one to crack. So it's what a, advice it, would you give to a graduating student that has no connections in the industry, doesn't know anybody, and is just showing up to London, and what do they do? Yep. Here's the best advice that was ever given to me. The West End is a closed, tight-knit, small industry that doesn't let anyone in. The bonus of that is the West End is a closed, tight-knit industry that doesn't let anyone in. Anyone in. <laughs> now, that's a weird thing to say, to look at it and go, oh, how do I get from here to the West End? How do I get onto that thing? You go, that seems like an impossible feat. I promise you, everybody knows everyone else. Everyone else talks. Everybody's friends with the casting director, who's friends with the producer, who's friends with an agent. Well, I think we're leaving. show at the cockpit theatre that you're, you know, that you've, that you're going for, which is, you know, you're not going to pay a lot of money as a graduate because, oh no, I wanted to be Alphabet. Don't think that that's not going to be a, a, a major stepping stone on getting you there. If you are mm. good and you're, you need to be seen, you need to do that work. In your early graduate days, you do that, find it. And it, you know, it might turn out to be the most exciting, best work you've ever done. You know, the early stuff I gave, when I did 27, I gave a load of graduates, you know, um, work in that, that was it. Cause I wanted mm. the brilliant, the brilliant stuff because it was, High intensity dance, crow fit and time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they've all gone with that. Colette Patat, she went on to, you know, six. Uh, Chicano went on to, you know, to six as well. Uh, who else was in it? Emily Kenwright went on to be, you know, she's brilliant and everyone, everyone's talking about Jamie. Well, it's uh, funny because I actually hired Emily for a job based on watching your show. Because there, there, there was this scene, and I can't remember, but it was like you went hip, 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 head, back, down, down. And it yeah. repeated and repeated. And her facial expressions in it were so perfect. I was like, yeah. who is that? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, carry that, on. That's how it works. It was six weeks of the cockpit theatre, but it goes on. I mean, Joel Harper Jackson, mm. you know, he, 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 he was, had a good career before he did Myth. He was, he was in um, you know, Beautiful and stuff, but that, he got seen in that and people noticed him because he mm. was phenomenal as actor. Yeah. He went on there to go into uh, Kinky Boots. He probably would have got Kinky Boots anyway eventually. But, you know, because he was that good. But he, that was the chance he got really seen as the leading man. And rightfully yeah. so. 
phenomenal leading man. You know, Zoe Burkett, I remember when she came into audition, she just had a baby. Um, she said, yeah. thank you, you know, for, for coming in. She did that part of, of Miss M in that and then went on to play the same part three times. It was like, she went, man, I went on. She was then in um, Rock of Ages, the same part, you know, same kind of thing. She went on to. Because no one had heard or seen Zoe Burkett for, for a while. She went and had a baby. Straight back in, that voice, how can you say no? You yeah. know, it was, it was great. It's a small industry. We talk, mm. we, everyone records things. You go on YouTube, especially with Instagram and things nowadays, you know, yeah. you see who the best singers are without necessarily having, I would, the, the biggest careers. I would put yeah. my hand on my head. Luke Bear is one of the best vocalists in the West End who, you know, was second cover, Jamie, and that. He's not had yeah. 10 roles, but I've heard him sing. And boy, can I say he's one of the best vocalists in the West End. You just know mm. that he's singing because Instagram is let me know. It's a small industry. You're, yeah. you're getting, you do these things, you know? Yeah, and to kind of just touch on what you're saying about it being a small industry, and yes, that means that there's so many more ways in if you can network with the right people, but also don't be a dick <laughs> because it's a small industry. Don't be a dick, yeah. Um, I, I, think, like, I think it's uh, kind of an un... I do think it's sometimes a bit unfair when people say, you know, don't be a dick because also this industry is, can be cruel in... I know people who've made mistakes mm. and, up and it has followed them and haunted them. Yeah. Uh, from show to show and rumours begin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when don't be a dick, also don't judge somebody before you know. Whatever you hear of someone else. Yeah. If you know them, don't say anything. I once yeah. was in, I had, he was quite, he's quite a well-known Western name of a guy who, I, walked, <laughs> I knew him, he didn't know me. And my yeah. brother knew him. And my brother went, hello mate. He goes, hello man. He goes, yeah, he goes, hello. He goes, do you know, he goes, you know Sam Cassidy? Not knowing that, I was his brother. Yeah. He went, yeah, a cunt. Sorry, Trent. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, and I just went, oh, okay, like that. I went, yeah. My brother from went, is he? And I went, yeah, I hate him. He's such a, oh, God, I hate him. And, and I went, I'm Sam Cassidy. And he went, oh, oh, mate, I must have been thinking of someone else. He was like, <laughs> no, no, you just, you just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, those situations now, are the best. Me and that guy are friends now then because I saw him, don't worry about it. But, you know. Yeah, it happens. But it was at the time, I was just like, well, that's this industry, you know, that's, yeah. you know, it's so easy to say, oh, no, them, 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 you know, you might be on the receiving end of it. So be kind, be kind no matter what, because you need it. We need a lot of kindness. That was perfect. That was the best response you could have asked for. Right. <laughs> the, the, the penultimate question, which is kind of in three parts, the coronavirus, you knew it was going to come up. As we all know, it has completely disproportionately affected the entertainment industry and there. There is fears that it's, it's not going to open until 2021 before we see theatres opening again. How do you think the industry is going to look after this? Um, I'm going to try and answer this and answer Charlotte Gower's question about the, the question as well, about acting as well. Yeah. Because I believe there is... What's the best way to put it? First of all, I want to just throw a little thing out to Sonia Freeman, which I love, considering when Cameron McIntosh recently, he sort of backed out of the industry, pulled his shows, pulled his stuff to save his money, which is good. Sonia Freeman released a statement saying, when I'm out of this industry, it's dead because I will be the last one standing, which means everyone's gone before me. Love mm. that woman. I was like, that's yeah. the attitude. I will stand at the front line no matter yeah. what. You know, it's, you know, these people, we depend on them now. We depend on them yeah. to come up with However... And I, I say this lovingly, they're not going to. They are a product of their environment and their time and their day and their age. And it was different. 
And when something like this happens and rocks the boats, it is, yeah. it is literally the, it's the beginning of something new. And we know this to be true from, if we look over history, if we look back, you know, let's, you know, at least we forget, you know, 19, um, you know, 1945, World War II ended, 50s came later, and boom, rock and roll was born. You know, art changes mm. on the back of social, of something that happens. That's, it, that's not an accident that that happens. It's a release of the young people who have seen their, their fathers and whoever, grandparents killed in the war change it's a reflection of society then you have you know vietnamese war vietnam war at the same time as the hippies that's there's a reason for that you know punk came into music you know in the 70s at the end of that there's a reason for that you know we saw a, an influx of um during uh, the gulf war you know we saw an influx of art changing in this country as well it's, it's always changes the world reflects this yeah. thing is a telltale sign of how we react in especially with the black lives matter mm. movement everything is happening this is yeah. not an accident that it is all happening at the same time. It's rare, it's not the COVID. And people say, yeah, it's because COVID-19, because, you know, because people have got a time. People have nothing but time to be attentive and be yep. aware. It's, I feel sorry for anybody who has lost loved ones in COVID-19. It's a horrible mm. thing. This is the aftermath of attention, of, mm. of focused attention. You go, okay, this is where I stand. There is going to be an explosion of art now yeah. coming from some awesome places, I believe some incredible unknown places that's going to come out because people are angry, but people are also, I hate to use the word woke, but waking up, they're yep. aware. And there's going to be nowhere to put it. Mm. Our theatres are closing. Is there, yeah. no, does that mean the feeling in the art dies and goes away? No. It means it leaks through it's the gut. It seeps through the other cracks in society and comes to the people another way. If that is... Yeah media which it will be it will come in new forms that we have never seen before that we can't haven't got on board with it's going you know you will see people choreographers become you know becoming huge by how they do their guerrilla style choreography in after a lockdown where they're doing what's going on you will see new plays and theaters filmed yep. up close this is going into the thing about if your college is known for mt um and you want to get into acting this might be a wonderful time to start blurring those lines i know that is a big thing in this industry that if you're empty yep. play to the back play to the gods you know that's what you do and if you're yep. If you're not, if you're an actress, more intricate, you know, there was going to be a, a, a lot of opportunities, I think, now where people are going to film musical th things up close. Your acting yeah. will have to adapt. Everyone will have to adapt. There's no point in, you know, giving it big on camera. Yeah. It, that will blur the line between straight acting and musical theatre. It will change the very dynamic and the very fabric of our, of our material, of what we do. It's going to change. It's going to be exciting. I can't tell you what's going to happen, but something's going to happen because if it, it, it always does. It always has. Yeah. And we'll be in charge of this. Our generation will be in charge. Never forget, you know, Jamal Edwards. He picked up a camera and filmed his mates and he filmed and he did SBTV, yeah. filmed Ed Sheeran and he got huge. And that's how he became this entrepreneur. He, he was ahead of the game. His mum was a musical theatre, Brenda Edwards, performer. He had music in his veins. He knew it. Yeah. You know, and Said, well, let's put this, let's get this out, let's do it. You know, it's so obvious after, it's called creeping determinism. Oh, that's so obvious after the effect. <laughs> so this is what we're going to have to do now. It will be obvious afterwards. And we'll go, of course, this is what happened. Of course, there was a whole yeah. influx of these awesome guerrilla style artists online doing things, clever things, trying to get smarter. And we're going to get smarter. We're going to do... Yes, we're going to adapt. One of the things, mm. technologies, which I, I, I sort of... I went into fine. I was recently given, um, I won't tell you where it is, but I was, again, very lucky, but I was given a, a theatre, basically, to have as my own. I can't use it right now. But, <laughs> I know, mad. I won't tell you where it is, but it's a giant, giant 
uh, like Colosseum style theatre because it's there's no seats in or anything. It's concrete. There's nothing there, but you can you can totally use it for what you want. Um, and I said, well, you can't bring people in it. I can't build in here because yeah. you know, it's millions. I have no money, but I can use it. It's normally twenty thousand pounds a day, but I can use it for anything. There's a technology that they use for Pokemon Go. Do you remember the game? Yeah. Pokemon, which was a huge you know success for a while, lived and died, but because of marketing. Uh, campaigns knew that they could put the Pokemon in front of the Nike sign and it was a very special Pokemon and loads of people come and it would go and it was free advertising it was a very clever ploy the game yeah. short, but the technology is I think the most innovative way that we can move into theatre we put millions into sets and design and all that stuff which is lovely it's a part of the live theatre if you can't go to a live theatre you don't need to do that you can put your actors into places into, these, into a theatre into a space a load of them and create the world around them wherever yeah. it may be, you can create new things. You can do whatever you want if we have the technology to design it. Um, I don't know where that's going to work, but you can, you know, you could turn a, a con my concrete theater into a jungle if you wanted. Yeah. You know, it's the same technology that they use for blue dotting on things like Avatar and stuff. Now it's new. Yeah. It's going to look tacky, I'm sure, at the beginning because it's going to look like blue, <laughs> but it will get better. It yeah. will get interesting. And you wait until so people start going, I can choreograph dancers to moving backgrounds, to, to 3D things. I can do mm. some interesting stuff here, which will then yeah. change the dynamics of the commercial world, of music videos. People, that's how they do it. They go, this is going to be a new thing. Art will change, and it will, and it will happen before our eyes, and it won't be till about 10 years down the line we're going to see the new pioneers of it, who latched on when I got smart at the time, and the people who died away from it. It's the circle of life. It's natural. <laughs> so what happens can only be good. You know? Yeah. Don't, and how, don't do, how do you think people can support the recovery of the industry? So whether it be a performer, a non-performer, what do you think is key right now for people to show support? I think what would be what is the best thing is I know we have a lot of um, I, giving free money, which I'm a big supporter of, um, is often uh, you know saying it, it feels a little it doesn't get to the right places. Let people be grateful for their art. Um, if someone's out there and who's developing some kind of software, which is a much easier pay-per-view people's work, that can be linked to a YouTube account. I don't have the brain for it. It's not my thing. Remember? Yeah. Somebody does. Somebody can do it so that you're not typing in your numbers or anything, but you can use your mobile app on your phone to put your card on to view one time. It costs you, what, 17p. You know, it's yeah. 70, 72p on iTunes for a song. So why can't it be, you know, yeah. 17p? Something like that on your phone to view something to view a friend or whatever and it gets hit you can see the hits everything that money goes direct to the artist for the three yeah. minutes wherever they the money that goes direct to them will then say oh they get loads of views then get not only that but they will be able to put money into their stuff to do better to then get advertising yeah. spaces on them. this is how you pay people forward this is how yeah. you do it you pay for the art you know as much as you would throw into a busker's guitar case that's yeah. it so at this yeah. stage because if you it's the little things that will help you know and I think that way forward, how to save our theatres, the government need to, to up, you know, to up their game. To because that, uh, yeah. that, that's, they could, they could be gone. A lot. I mean, it's when people think, no, yeah, but it's going to be, you know, regional things, whatever. The National Theatre on South Bank is a, is a, a public, is a government funded venue. That yeah. is prime real estate on the middle of the South Bank, it, uh, South Bank on, you know, all the way across there, which can easily turn into hotels, you know, swanky, you know, for, for Japanese businessmen coming over, and it will. Don't think it will not. It will become that in a heartbeat. Certain theatres will be saved on a listed public building list, which they can't be turned yeah. into anything. They can't be touched. 
these ones will go. Our government will sell these under our noses without knowing. A lot of the new builds will go. I can't imagine the, the Young Vic is a new build theatre. It's a one place to yeah. go watch some amazing new stuff. That might go. That really might go. And it will go before yeah. you even notice. So that, those things I need the, the government need to get in before it's too late. But yeah. I don't, don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how that's going to happen. We just have to save ourselves. Yeah, we've just got to figure it out, man. Let's get we together and brainstorm it. <laughs> Between no... me being a massive geek and you being just you, I'm sure we can think of something. Well, find someone to work out the app, and then that's how you can do it. If you can get money, to well, it's funny you, you should know, say that because there there's no physical space. There is yeah. an infinite amount of cyberspace. The question is, how do you make cyberspace better than just being in your living room? Standardized living thing, yeah that interesting that's the question for artists mm. if you're out there five ideas make it happen i can't wait to see it send it to me yeah definitely well instagram is gonna cut us off soon anyway so i'm gonna quickly get one question in that i saw pop up earlier from bess what advice would you have for somebody to work on acting skills for more naturalistic roles in film rather than musical theater um i think the best thing you can do is uh, it's it's i don't personally like to watch myself do anything on camera it is actually a very good technique to watch yourself back um mm. on camera but uh in terms of acting always empathy is key to acting empathy in any way that's how we all act that's that's what you do that's what the best actors do in the entire world there's a very famous story of dustin hoffman and Lawrence olivier on the set of marathon man where dustin hoffman ran around the set five or six times because he had to be out of breath for a scene and olivier was there cup of tea like that and Dustin Hoffman came out and he's breathing and he goes what kind of name are you doing dear boy and he went I've been out of breath so I've seen he goes try acting you know and it's true you know acting is being acting is empathizing it, it, it is yeah. that simple so if you find yourself being told that you're not naturalistic as an actor on camera and stuff take it back to its empathy take it down, back down to its simple stuff because are you connecting are you being if you were having a one-on-one -on -one conversation in this scene empathetically would you would you be saying this Darren would you be shouting, saying, Darren, I don't understand why you're leaving me? Or would that be, that wouldn't feel right. You empathy, you're a smart mm. human being, going, no, that doesn't feel right. That, I would feel this, I would feel this. Half you, half character. And that's, that's where it will work. I believe yeah. it's that simple and that hard at the same time. Uh, dude, well, we've literally got 45 seconds left and someone's just like, no, they haven't asked a question. No, it's a bit late to ask a question now. Sorry, Dragan. Um, Sam, I wanted to say a massive, massive thank you for coming on live. I know you don't normally do these, so I'm so appreciative that you came on to my BH Live and shared your knowledge with the world. Always. Big fan of you. I'm always, always waiting to see what you do next. Uh, it, it seems to change every few weeks, don't worry. <laughs> but actually, before we leave, there is something coming with the live performance you can pay per view. I literally had a conversation today with someone about it. So keep an eye out on my social media because Please hopefully we're going to take it forward. So again, we've got five seconds. So in five, four, three. See you later, buddy. See you, man. See you, buddy.